Welcome to Hard Sell, a podcast where my friend and I give each other the hard sell on a piece of media that we enjoy, such as a movie, a video game, an album, or a podcast musical. My name is Cody Morin. Uh, my name is Tim Bloom. And I'm Cozy Hanula. Tim, did you forget your name there for a sec? No, you said my name, um, and I realize I usually say I'm Tim Bloom. I don't say my name is Tim Bloom, and so it sort of threw me off, and I couldn't decide whether to say I'm Tim Bloom or my name is Tim Bloom. I had like a minor existential crisis of like, gotcha. am I Tim Bloom or is it just my name? And if so, who am I? <laughs> um, so that all ran through my head, and ultimately I said my name is Tim Bloom, so take from that what you will. Gotcha. Well, uh seems like a problem for you to handle. I don't think this is my <laughs> fault, even though it seems like you're making it out to be my fault. Well, we'll see. My therapist will hear a different story. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but all right. Uh, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today is I know that Cozy likes to get uh, her hard takes in her or hot takes, not hot hard takes. takes. Hard <laughs> takes. Hard sell hot takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, now take, you're getting me cells. all mixed up, Tim. Mm, it's, uh, how is this my fault? In <laughs> no way is this my fault. If the name thing is my fault, this is your fault. Absolutely not. Anyway, if Cozy gets hot takes in her middle segment, I wanted to have one here. Uh, mm. And the most recent thing that I saw in the news is that Steam Decks are finally shipping. That's the most recent thing that you've seen in the news. Well, okay, there are some (laughs) there are some more important pressing things in the news, but not things that I feel like tackling on this podcast. That's fair. We're gonna stick to the Steam Deck. (laughs) Sure. Uh, And so it made me think. There's a lot of different ways that people can enjoy video games these days. You can play on a console, whether you've got PS5, Xbox Series, or whatever older console you want. You can be a PC gamer on like a, a full desktop or a laptop. You've got handheld consoles. You can play mobile games on your phone. You can play in VR. And there's a lot of variability. But for me, uh, I think that handheld gaming is the ultimate form of gaming. The ultimate form of game. Is that your hot take? Or at least, or at least, yes. Or at least, it is the best form of gaming. Why I think, is that? Well, for one, uh, I work primarily from home, and so I am at my desk uh, like eight plus hours a day, Mm -hmm. and it is also the only sensible place for a gaming computer to go were I to still have one, Sure. Uh, and I don't want to sit at my desk any longer than I have to, so uh, I don't want to sit at my desk and play video games when I just sat there working for eight hours. So desktop is out for me. I got rid of mine. I'm not looking back. I have a gaming laptop that I can play a lot of different places. I can bring it upstairs, play it on the couch. I can bring it to a friend's place. I can bring it, you know, to, I don't know, work and sneak play it in the office. Uh, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But it's, it's still pretty big and cumbersome and it's not, you know, I have to have it plugged into the wall and it's, it has its advantages, but it's still, it's not, like, portable. I can't put it in my pocket and bring it with me. But yes. then you might be thinking, you already have a smartphone with you. Why not play it on that? But then you, like, don't really have buttons, and the only real games that you can play on there that are actually good are, are Wordle. emulator games. Of, well, okay, Wordle, yes. <laughs> but also, like, emulated games from older consoles, and I want to play newer stuff. So, like... 
why would I not just automatically pick like a Vita? I mean, I know that that's like 10 years old at this point, but uh, it's the one I have sitting in front of me. I don't have a Steam Deck yet. yet. Sure. Thank you, Valve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I uh, it is, you can play it anywhere. I can bring it on a plane. I can bring it into, I don't know, the bathroom if I feel like being weird. Uh, yeah, I think normal. Don't shame people for. for playing their games in the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, I do on my phone. I don't normally bring like a 3ds into the bathroom, but I sure. Won't you don't bring your gaming do. laptop into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's you can play it pretty much anywhere and then when with the advent of things like the steam deck there's a company called aya that also makes more windows focused high powered gaming consoles with them getting so much more powerful like you can play pretty much any game in your steam library anywhere you want instead of being tied down to a computer so i don't know why you know i get that there are advantages to buying a big desktop and you know i love my ultra wide monitor but man i can just play a a game on my vita or eventually on a steam deck anywhere i want and i can play all the same games and additionally i much prefer just playing on a controller in general yeah and so it's that just built into the game Sure. Like, I mean, there are games that traditionally most people would say you probably shouldn't play on a controller that I just choose to anyway. Uh, like World of Warcraft, for example, when I used to play that, I yeah. played that on a controller quite a bit. And Still it crazy to me. works pretty well. <laughs> it's really annoying that you were better at World of Warcraft than me playing on a controller. Um, <laughs> okay, Cozy, do you have thoughts about this before I uh, deliver my rebuttal? I think that... I agree with you for my personal preference is that like if the game is on uh, the Switch, I will always like buy it on the Switch instead of the um, computer. Yep. And so I also prefer like handheld gaming. I think the thing that makes me nervous about the Steam Deck is... Like, I feel like Switch games, like, the controls are, like, built for Switch. Like, when they port it to the Switch, it, like, makes sense and it feels, like, good. I worry about, like, things that are meant to have, like, a keyboard and mouse. I guess you normally do those on a controller anyway. But, like, it, I'm nervous about the transition to that controller thing with that. Um, but I love the concept of the Steam Deck a lot. I think being able to play it, there's a lot of games on my computer that definitely don't benefit from being on a computer and like are really like chill games that I would love an iPad app for. They just don't make it for iPad or something. So I would I would love to be able to play a lot of those games um, like on the couch instead of uh, at a, sitting at a table. So I, I'm for more games being more easy easily portable i don't know that it's true for i feel like there's some games like i've been getting more into final fantasy and i think that one like i like actually like forcing myself to like sit at a table and play it because i feel like i get more into it um but i might be fun to play some of it like sitting on the couch and then like switch back and forth like i could see that being fun and you're talking Final Fantasy 14? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, and that that has good controller support too. Like, yeah, you actually just... can play that on a PlayStation. Yeah, um, that was the only way I played it when I was playing for a little while. Yeah, but yeah, and I think as as far as games that use the mouse, that's the one thing that I think I have high confidence in the Steam Deck for because of their past experience with their Steam controller that they kind of made as what they hoped to be a universal controller for games that also used like a mouse based on its kind of weird touchpads and that they like implemented a version of that into the steam deck. So this is all well and good. Um, However, you have mischaracterized reality in your argument, which is that your argument is mobile game handheld video gaming is better because being mobile is better than not and so therefore handheld games are better more or less but the problem is the quality i have multiple problems one (laughs) the quality is not equivalent if i play something on the switch if i play fifa on the switch um it's like noticeably bad like the the frame rate and graphics and responsiveness is bad like if there is a football manager version for handheld let's take this i use football manager as an example i can play (laughs) football manager on my desktop i can play football manager on my xbox there is like an xbox version of the game there is a switch version of the game and it's identical to the mobile version and it's just shitty it's just like a shitty version because the game takes so much computing power uh that you can't handle it but like it the switch and traditionally mobile handheld platforms have like not been able to run games at the same fidelity as desktop and you might be thinking that's the whole point of the steam deck that it's like a pretty decent gaming laptop in a handheld but let me counter you with two other things one i'm an adult and i go nowhere i go to the bathroom (laughs) i guess i I go to the bathroom sure but that i have mobile games for that um i go to the couch but i have an xbox hooked up to the tv on the couch so i don't need to bring something to the couch um and i'm at my desk and yeah i sit at my desk eight hours a day but I like my desk, and I'm happy to spend more time at the desk at the end of the day. It's like a it's nice friend. His name is Mega Desk. It's me. best friend. Yes, its name is Mega Desk. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it is my best friend. My computer's at it, which is my second best friend. Um, and so I don't feel a need to go exploring with my with Football Manager. Football Manager's here with me at Mega Desk, and that's fine. And I have no problem with that. Second, I have weak wrists, and even the Switch feels heavy to me. I'm mm. I'm a weak little baby, and I just can't. It, my arms get tired when I hold the switch for too long. My arms get tired, and I look at the Steam Deck and I look at the peripherals on that, and it's like triple the weight of the switch. And I'm like, there's no world where I'm playing this, and within 30 minutes, I'm gonna be like, I wish I was just playing this somewhere else. So. If you are telling me I can bring everything I have in a desktop and take it somewhere else and I it has the identical quality and I don't have to hold something heavier than a mouse while I'm doing it, sure. And when that is true, I will agree with you. And up until that point, I'm going to continue <laughs> bouncing back and forth from the couch and the bed and mega desk until I die. 
All right, so your main problems are that the uh, the Nintendo Switch is too weak uh, to handle good games. Yes, which... and I'm too weak to handle the uh, Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah, you're not swole enough to <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to hold a, the big boy Steam Deck. Okay. Correct. All right, that's fair. Uh, I'm still going to disagree because I... Because you're strong and you love bad games. <laughs> no, I think there are great games, uh, you know... There are plenty of full quality games that you can yeah. play on, you know, Switch, Vita, 3DS, anything like that. There is also, you know, developers who don't want to take the time to optimize their game for a handheld device. That's oh, you're them. blaming the video game. <laughs> oh, <developers>. absolutely. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I all, I think this is similar to the argument that, like, if a laptop is good... And a touch, like a tablet with a touch screen is good. Then the, like the surface is like the ideal laptop because you can do all of it. It's got a touch screen. It's a laptop. You can take the keyboard off, use it like a tablet and all this stuff. However, as a person who like once had a surface like for work and had to try to use it as both a tablet and a laptop. Like I think the thing it always is, is when it's, is it loses both. It does both things bad. Like, the Surface does both <laughs> laptop and tablet bad. And so I feel like that's, like, the mobile, uh, the Steam Deck problem is going to be, like, I feel like there's just, it, there has to be compromises when you try to, like, take the thing you want, which is PC gaming, and, like, turn it, like, put it in a format it's, like, not meant for. Like, you're going to lose something, and I haven't played the Steam Deck enough to know what it is, but I'm guessing it's game quality. Yeah, we'll yeah, have I have no to, idea. Uh, We'll have to see once uh, one of us gets our hands on one. I assume it will be me first. I feel it's definitely going to be you first. <laughs> Didn't you already buy one? Uh, I pre-ordered one. It's I am in the uh, after quarter two gang, which is the last known uh, group to get the Steam Deck. I pre-ordered it pretty early, like within the first week of it being announced. Yeah, you had to but... get it right away to have gotten it by now. I think you had to get in within like the first minute to get it uh, to get it by now. Basically, the only people that have it are like press at at this point. Yeah, I think they're shipping to the first actual consumers like now. I think they should be getting them like in the next couple days. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to revisit when you <laughs> you can you can give us the hard sell of the Steam Deck, and I can pay eight hundred dollars or whatever it is to get a Steam Deck, and then we'll <laughs> we'll rediscuss. Perfect. I'll my give you both. The, I'll give you two oh. weeks to receive a Steam Deck after my hard sell, and you'll have to give me a review on it. Great, but I will have gotten more exercise than in the past three years, and both of my wrists will be broken. <laughs> Perfect. Um, speaking of you being broken, uh, Tim, I pitched you on Shovel Knight this week, and I am very interested to hear your thoughts on it. Great transition again. This is truly the biggest asset that you've brought into the podcast, is an improvement in the transition game. Um, because, yes, that is very true. So Shovel Knight, as a, a quick reminder, Shovel Knight is a 2D platformer. You are playing the eponymous role of Shovel Knight. As you uh, travel the land, um, fighting against the evil Order of No Quarter, which is like an enemy set of knights trying to throw down the Enchantress and maybe potentially attempt to save 
uh, Shield Knight. No, yes, Shield Knight. Shovel Knight's lost uh, partner, Shield Knight. Um, so I think I could talk about this game. I think I can talk about what I want to talk about this about this game without spoiling the story. So I will I will hint at things, um, but I don't think we need to talk in like super great detail about big spoilers. Um, the first thing that I wanted to say on like story and aesthetic is you described this game when you're talking about it like 2D platformers and compared it to both Mega Man and Zelda. Um, and I think that was very accurate. Like when I was playing the game, it felt like Mega Man, but the aesthetic felt most similar to Zelda. The like colorfulness of the world, the sort of like tone of the townsfolk, the like little conversations that you have with the townsfolk um, was very Zelda-y to me. Um, the like troopy king vibes and the like little jesters like dancing around it it felt like very very legend of zelda aesthetic to me um which worked better than i thought it would like overall i went into this game pretty apprehensive for the for the 2d side scrolling um i keep saying platformer that's not really right. Action adventure platformer, I guess. Um, yeah, I was, 2D platformer. 2D platformer. Um, I was worried about it for that because I don't really play those games. But I was also worried from like an aesthetic perspective. Like, I don't love 8-bit music. Um, I don't love like the humor and like storytelling in a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, but, like, a, a lot of that stuff didn't bother me in a way I was afraid it was. Like, the music, I think, is a really good example of, like, you listen to 8-bit music. You, like, listen to the music on purpose. Yes. Outside of video yes. games. <laughs> yeah, I will willingly go out and find, like, a chiptune playlist. Or there was a, a guy I used to listen to who would post a This Week in Chiptunes hour-long mix every week. Uh, yeah, and I would just go out and listen to that. And like, I didn't know that Chip Tunes was still having weeks past the 1990s. So like, <laughs> um, not my thing. But like, it didn't bother me. And I, I will be honest, there are times of this game I muted the music. It got. There are times I often find this stuff too repetitive, and like, it starts to wear on me. And then it happened a little bit, but like overall, I think there's like a baseline level of quality to this game um that felt really high and the music felt less repetitive than in some similar platformers that i have sort of dipped into and dipped out of like some of the zelda games and things like that i mean zelda has great music but like um i think just overall that stuff was pretty good the graphic stuff similarly like this aesthetic of this sort of like cartoony you know not 8-bit graphic but like you know, 8-bit graphic aesthetic, um, like, doesn't, I didn't really think do a lot for me, because when I think about, like, the games that I really liked as a kid, or, like, the games I played, they don't really have this graphic, but there is, the, it, I did feel, like, nostalgic playing this game, and there are yeah. pieces 
that like look good. Like again, I don't like this style. If you just look at it, I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't want to get like fan art of that style of graphic or like, uh, f- by fan art, I mean like a poster of a print sure. or something like that. It doesn't do anything really for me, but like it worked in the game and you could see that it was like done well in a way that like I didn't really expect to enjoy while I was playing the game. Yeah, I think I think them I think a big focus of theirs was on like quality of all of those aspects like rather than just churning out a game. Like they did a Kickstarter for this and they got way more money than they expected and I think they turned that into like making sure they put as much effort into the quality of the art production and the music production and all that is possible yeah and i think they put the quality into the right things like one of the notes that i wrote down is like uh these games these type of games and again i'm talking broadly about like games stealing this aesthetic of like the 90s and the 2000s platformer like Mega Man vibe basically um I feel often feel like they're trying too hard like the chip tuniness and like repetitiveness of the sound is just like a little too much like it's too on the nose like the nostalgia I'm having trouble explaining this because I don't really play these games but there's a certain like the nostalgia factor it feels like it's what they're going for not in an homage kind of way but in a like huh look at us like look we're doing the thing kind of way and i think um like we're playing the hits like enjoy the hits we're playing them again like look see us play the hits and they they like point to it in a way and i think shovel knight more just sort of like did it and trusted its audience to understand what it was trying to do it wasn't constantly you know i'm comparing it a bunch to zelda it didn't like pepper the game full of references to zelda and that's the kind of thing that you see all the time of like references to old games and like stuff like that it it steals a lot of mechanics like from mario but like it doesn't there aren't like a ton of mario references and so i think it it comes off as like a nice homage or like a nice successor to that or really just like the next good entry in that genre of games without just feeling like it's i don't know like it's a parody they often come off like they're trying to be a parody and this didn't feel like it was a parody at all right yeah i mean they i think that was um i think i definitely agree with that you know they i think they chose this as kind of the genre and like kind of time period that they wanted to shoot for as far as like kind of what they wanted to emulate the feeling of game that they wanted to emulate but um but do their own thing and make it like as much their own thing as possible (laughs) without like yeah without having to rely on like cheap parody of other products and things like that yeah and i think that comes through in like the tone of the humor also where I think a lot of times the humor of these are, like, super online humor vibes. Like, super goofy, super, like, self-referential, like, almost meme-y. Yeah, or very random, or... Yeah, and, like, 
uh, that aesthetic, like I call that online humor. Some of that like started with these types of video games. Like you see it first, like Zelda is a little bit like that. And this plays in that a little bit of there are some like wacky, like way larger than life type characters, like all of the order of no quarter. Um, but like it doesn't, it, it like tells the joke and then it stops and I think a lot of these games, like, tell jokes and then, like, wait for an audience laugh and then, like, keep telling the joke over and over and over again. And, like, I I think it just... There wasn't, like, a yearning in this game that I feel from a lot of these, and I appreciated that. Like, it just sort of... It does its thing, and it trusts that the audience is, like, knows what it's doing without shoving it too hard in your face and so i think that came off a lot better than i thought it would yeah like each character you get just like a couple lines of dialogue from them when you you know fight them at the end of a stage or whatever Mm -hmm. and and that's it and there's a couple characters that you get a lot more info on if you play the three like extra games attached to the base game shovel of hope but Mm -hmm. but yeah for the most part like the characters they are there for what they're needed for and they don't stick around to try to you know gain a foothold in the audience's eyes or anything like that they're just they're there they're there what they're meant to do and that's it yeah um and so i thought that was good and in terms of like the writing of the characters and stuff like that i think um it is the thing it is. It is very much like Mario or Zelda or something like that. Like, the enemies are these just, like, exaggerated... Um, really, it's more like Mega Man. Where, like, the enemy is, like, a super exaggerated either element or, in Shovel Knight's case, like, a, a vibe. <laughs> There's, like, yeah. an... Air. Really, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, they take a level design that they want to have and then, like, base the a boss around it and then say that that's a knight. So, like, there's a flying level and there's a airship that you're jumping on you're like jumping across airships and so there's like a propeller night and there's like an underground mountain level so there's like a mole night and it's not like it's not trying to be realistic uh but it's also not like just a joke and i think that's that is the thing i want from these this vibe is like i don't need to know why mole knight is a mole knight and like in the same way that like you know the the inciting incident for this story is that shield knight and shovel knight are like trying to save the world and exploring the tower of fate they come upon a cursed amulet which uh takes over shield knight and shovel knight is stranded outside of the tower shield knight presumably dies and he's heartbroken and then the enchantress arrives and there's the order of no quarter and like you don't need to know all this backstory like it's okay for there to not be that much backstory um because it's not really the point the point is like an evoking of an aesthetic um and like a vibe and so creating these knights that are all just basically knights based around an aesthetic i think is totally fine and works because they don't spend it i think if they spent like tons of time talking about their backstories and all this stuff i would be like i know do not care about this this is not the point and like they don't do that and i appreciated it for that yeah it is like the story of the uh game as a whole and like all the individual characters is very much not the point 
Um, yeah. It is, it is very much like it wants to be the best kind of most solid 2D platformer emulating this style as it can be. And everything else is just kind of like additional that they added for atmosphere and whatever. But that that wasn't the goal of the project. Yeah. And I think I think they did that really well, just like making sure to focus, like you were saying earlier, they focused on the right things. Yeah. And like speaking to not every project needs to be like this grand, sweeping, amazing story with like intense character work. Like when I'm watching a, uh, you know, an Oscar movie or something like that, that is what I want from that. In the same way that, like, I don't expect that to have, like, super colorful, wacky characters and great gameplay. I don't expect this to, like, dig deep into intense character stuff. And I would rather they not really try and it be fine than they, like, try to fill a game with everything and miss. And this game just felt like a game that really, truly knew what it was and knew what it wanted to be and just, like, did that well. Um, And I think so often you can find projects that, like try to be everything to everyone um and the full the experience as a whole felt really tight in a way that i think was good yeah and i think i haven't finished all all three of the other like games that go along with it Um, yeah but they i think do a pretty good job of staying with that like each one gives a little bit more character to the three characters you play as yeah um and you get like a little bit more of each of their backstory, but it still kind of follows the same, like we're not going to be too serious about this. Like we're mostly just giving you a different way to play the game, mm-hmm. with different levels with some different mechanics and we're going to do it well again. And that's pretty much what they did. Like uh, I will say, did you try any of the other three just out of curiosity? I did not. Okay. Uh, the only one, you would maybe be interested in trying, depending on uh, your final review here. Is, yeah, we'll get uh, to more of my review. But. <laughs> is uh, the King of Cards, the King of okay. one. Uh, mostly because that also has additional stages of uh, there is a card battler built into it as well. Interesting. Where like, his whole goal is to uh, become the King of Cards by collecting cards and beating other people in duels and the mm-hmm. in a game called Joustus and uh it's a pretty interesting albeit fairly simple but pretty good card game in interesting general. yeah I'll, i maybe need to check it out i'm i'm uh curious enough at the end of this that i'm interested in some of these other ones but um we'll get to that so yeah. um speaking to the story just the last note like the a plot story is pretty standard stuff Yep. You know, killing bosses to get to a castle, doing the thing. Um, I think there's um, basically two, like, turns in the story at the very end. Um, again, I don't want to spoil, like, super big details. I think they're, like, big A-plot turn slash twist. Um, I realized was a twist when I started, like, looking at stuff around this game that the uh, the the reveal, I guess, at the end, I just sort of assumed the whole time. Like, gotcha. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't realize that was supposed to have been a, a twist. I just assumed that was, like, the implied <laughs> thing from the setup of the story. Um, 
so that, uh, you know, I thought it was fine. Like, I don't have any criticism of it, but I think it's, um, that was fine. I think there's stuff around the Black Knight broadly that was a little more surprising to me um, and was interesting. Yeah. And I think, like, overall, I think the story, like, hit in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Like, the ending was, like, surprisingly emotional. And I think, again, there's nothing, like, groundbreaking. There's nothing, like, super new here. It's just, like, simple and, like, pretty well done. And, like, uh, to do a platformer like this and have the end be, like, uh, sort of impactful and, like, characters that, like, barely speak and are don't have any voice acting be like pretty well characterized i think is a is a nice accomplishment yeah that little the ending scene that you get uh after you complete it it's yeah it's it's just a very nice ending to the game as a whole it's nothing you know it's nothing crazy there's no big monologues or like huge moments of giant character growth and development it's just, it's a nice ending to the game once you've completed it. And that's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it was good. So speaking to the gameplay a little bit, um, I really like the level design. This is the same, like, when you are uh, talking about, there are eight knights in this, in the order, plus like the tower at the end. And like each of the knights has their own little themed level and it, it really feels like, again, it feels like an homage to a lot of these games. You've got your water level. You've got your volcano level. You've got your weird laboratory level. You've got your, like, ice level. Like, it. this game feels like a... We took all the things we liked from 2D platformers and, like, just made a game with that stuff. And, like, cut out a lot of the filler cut out a lot of the stuff and just like built in levels that uh, hit all of those different things. Like there are a lot of different ideas that you see in other games packed into this game, which is a pretty short game. The how long to beat average time on this game is like six hours and to pack in eight levels of like really interesting, good stuff, I think is a pretty good accomplishment. And like, Every level, the the verbs your character can do are basically the same every time. The verbs are uh, attack thing, jump, and that's it. <laughs> Those are the verbs. Yeah. They give you lots of different tools of, like, how to attack things slightly differently. But, like, that is the thing you do. And so to create levels that, like, feel different and, like, feel different to play... Um, with that limited number of verbs like in general i think that is what is cool about 2d platformers um is being able to like do interesting things with a really small set of tools um and this uh, tools like uh, just a shovel <laughs> um <laughs> and uh i think this is a good example of that yeah the all the little extra abilities you get throughout the game and different levels like they make a little bit of a difference in like some of your gameplay or make some things easier but like in general yeah you are swinging a shovel at someone you are pogo sticking them with a shovel and you're jumping around and that is like the core gameplay um but yeah i think i think the theming of the levels was really well done like you actually feel 
very much like you're exploring like a keep or uh, uh, the flying ships that you had mentioned before. Um, you know, I think, I think all of that was very well done for each individual stage to match like the boss for each stage. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any uh, particular stages that you liked or disliked? Um, I didn't have any that I super particularly disliked. Um, I really liked the explodatorium. I think yeah. like the, just the vibe. That's the weird sort of uh, lab, I guess. Yep. Um, and there's lots of interesting colors and contrast there and just the different like enemies and stuff like that were um, interesting. That is one of the bosses I didn't spend hours trying to beat. Um, <laughs> so I think that probably is also coloring my impression. But even just like the level design there, I, th- I think I really liked um that was the one that really stuck out to me yeah yeah no that one was a good one i think it was uh the lich yard with specter knight at the end that has a a large section of the level that is like in basically pitch black Mm -hmm. that i enjoy that because i because it's more difficult uh to like it and it takes like more like careful planning of your movement Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I enjoyed that one the, like those kind of levels where you have to like get by on like flashes of lightning for your light um, yeah I actually liked that one too that was another one I, I sort of thought about that um, again I looked up later that is like considered very difficult um, I don't think I struggled with the same things that people who play a lot of these games struggled with yeah. Um, but I struggled with the things that are supposed to be easy uh, more than enough to make up for that. So <laughs> gotcha. let's talk about platformers. Um, sure. I took a look through my big to-do list of games, of games that I've played. And I've dipped in and out of a lot of platformers. Like when I'm talking about aesthetics, like I've, I've played bits and pieces of a lot of them. I think I have played to completion two platformers in my life one was super mario 64 okay um the other one is mighty morphin power rangers the movie the game on the snes which was a two-person side-scrolling platformer um that i beat because i played it with a friend who carried me through it um (laughs) So I am not a platformer person. I don't really play these games. I don't like seek them out. Um, I really, really, really struggled with this game. Cozy and I both played and both sucked, but Cozy was probably better than me. Cozy actually beat, who's the first boss, King Knight? Um, I got stuck on King Knight for about three hours and Cozy finally like took over and played for like an hour and 45 minutes and finally beat it um i had to look up a a youtube video though because we didn't figure out that you could jackhammer him to which was just a lot easier way than trying to like hit him with the shovel yeah also tim hadn't unlocked the thing where you hit him with like a fireball Somehow he had that. Missed, missed that. that, and I think that's pretty um, crucial to beating that boss too, or just generally <laughs> to have that tool in your tool belt too. Uh, 
there was a lot of T's in that uh, phrase there. So yeah, yeah. there are, there's a couple tools in the game that are pretty essential in my mind. There's one that just like lets you hang in the air wherever you are and become invincible for a couple seconds. Yeah. Uh, that is for me at least is pretty critical to me playing through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I have, I think obviously a little bit more experience with these sorts of games than you do. So I don't find them quite as difficult, but I was <laughs> interested to to hear how the difficulty was for someone who does not typically play this sort of game. Yeah, it was, it was tough. I think like, you know, I can't possibly be a judge of like how hard this game is because this game isn't made for me ultimately. Yeah. Like the, again, based on all of the stuff that I've talked about, it so clearly is a game like made for people who grew up on things like Mega Man and and all of the different Mario games that I didn't play. Um, yeah. And stuff like that. And I think like I would have a very different experience. And so the thing that i'm running up to is ultimately i didn't actually finish this game i played for probably 10 hours the last two plus of which i spent bashing my head against treasure knight god i hate treasure knight so much he was, I he's cannot, tough. oh i cannot explain i don't think i ever got treasure knight below 50 percent um <laughs> in two hours of time and finally i was just like this is actively harming my impression of this game. Like there's no <laughs> yeah. world where, because here's the thing. I'm also a deeply impatient person. And I think when I think about these games and when I think about, I think it's similar to like dark souls or Elden ring that just came out. And when I hear people talk about Elden ring, what they talk about is like a cycle where you, struggle struggle and you're making progress and then you suddenly start to go backwards and you get frustrated and you get annoyed and you're like am i ever going to beat this and then you power through and keep going again and then you finally beat it and it's like the biggest relief slash joy is that a correct characterization of what's fun about playing these really difficult games i think so Uh, like and especially you know when you really get down like the the physics and the mechanics of different things, um, I think when that all clicks for you, like for me, I think my first playthrough of Shovel Knight took quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I I recently played through it in preparation for this episode, and I mm-hmm. think upon beating the last boss, my final play time was somewhere between four and a half and five hours. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, and so I think that feeling of like knowing that I've gotten really good at the mechanics and I'm able to do like most of the bosses on like my first or second try um, pretty consistently, mm-hmm. I think is a good feeling. Cause like I had the, the mechanics of the first kind of expansion they made for it. Plague Knight yeah. are very different from mm-hmm. the mechanics of Shovel Knight. Um, and I found that very frustrating at first uh, yeah. because they're different, not only from Shovel Knight, but really just from like any other platformer mm-hmm. um, in terms of like some of the different movement that you have to do to accomplish things. Mm. Um, but after playing it for a while and kind of getting it down, I'm it's like growing on me and I'm liking it more and more as I'm kind of figuring it out. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think that makes sense. 
I never felt that joy. I only felt, <laughs> uh, like, relief slash anxiety. Like, when I beat a boss, I immediately be like, ugh, like, on to the next one. Like, I didn't ever... Um, <laughs> and I think part of it is because I'm bad enough at these games that I didn't necessarily feel like I was getting that much better. I felt like... Like, I didn't ever feel like I mastered any of the bosses even I beat. Like, or even close. Like, I felt like I got to a point that I could just, like, if I got really lucky, I could beat it. Like, uh, I could get to a point where I was good enough that if I got a, that, you know, one out of ten times, I would accidentally move my character in the right way to win, rather than, like, understand why I was better or winning. <laughs> yeah. Um and so I just sort of felt like I was like, instead of like, you know, you spend your time to get better and then you use your skill to win. I was like, I'm just spending time to like roll, like buy another lottery ticket where I have a chance to win. And eventually I will just like accidentally win uh, these fights is how it felt to me. Um, I, like, I just think I'm fundamentally am not good enough at video games for like this to feel good when i win um and so i was just like by the time i was fully ready to like snap my little 3ds in half um (laughs) i like googled up youtube and i found a let's play from red panda gamer and i watched through the last like what is that it must be like the last four bosses or so last three or four bosses and then the end of red panda gamers playthrough um and i really enjoyed that experience like the the thoughts that i had while i that i was just talking about around the story and the aesthetics and stuff like that i couldn't think about those things when i was just desperately like trying to not die and like watching it um i had a much more negative impression of the game while i was playing it than when (laughs) i was watching somebody who was and he's not like an expert he's not like a speedrunner like he died occasionally but there were things that would happen where like um oh god i can't remember which boss it was but there was a boss who would like do a dive bomb into the stage and then that part of the stage would like uh get uh turn into spikes yes um and that happened like once and he was like oh it's one of those and then like was able to dodge it <laughs> successfully every yeah. time after that and I'm like, at no point did I ever something happen and me go, oh, it's one of those. Um, <laughs> every time something happened, I was like, fuck! Um, that was yeah. all I thought. So, like, watching that experience gave me, like, a totally different perspective on the game. And I actually, like, really, really enjoyed that piece of it. Yeah, and I think um, I think that was, I think it's Polar Knight. He's got yes, the much so. larger shovel than you do. Uh, and yes, I that was one of the bosses I thought about while pitching you this game. That I was like, this is a boss that Tim will probably find frustrating. <laughs> I found it frustrating even on my most recent playthrough. I think he's one of the bosses I died to the most just because I would misstep slightly and step <sighs> on one of the spikes and instantly die or something like that. Yeah, there's just so much moving. Like, I just, my hands are not coordinated. I don't have good enough hand-eye coordination to, like, be... 
I felt like consistently, like, I could either dodge mechanics or I could try to kill the boss. I couldn't... Anytime I tried to do both things, I failed at both things. Yeah. Um, so, truthfully, every single time that I won was more or less... Was me, like, following the mechanics. Because usually they get a little bit harder, a little bit more complex, about, like, 40 to 50% in. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I would kind of follow the mechanics for the first 50%, and then for the last 50%, I would throw on the immune thing and just, like, mash buttons and hope that I won. And it worked sometimes. And that is the (laughs) only way I could ever beat any of these bosses. Except for um, uh, the the one who's Plague Knight in the Explodatorium or whatever, where I used the green bouncing ball and just obliterated him because it's just like a pretty small stage with like walls and he's on the same level as you. Uh, And so like that was the easiest boss. Once I figured that out, I was just like trying to use different stuff and I was like, tried it once and I was like, whoa, this is super effective. And then I beat him on my next, uh, that, that one felt good because I like knew what I was doing. And I will say Spectre Knight also felt okay. That was a boss where I felt like I was making like, a little bit more consistent progress each time and they were still like frustrating but like when i beat it i beat it with like a couple hearts still remaining and i felt like i understood all of the things and like how to dodge it and i felt like everything it was relying on my patience and my ability to understand what was happening more than my ability to like move my fingers quickly um and that part i liked but i think some of the other bosses like mole knight or like treasure knight just absolutely wrecked my shit and like uh truly truly dug my self-esteem into the ground um (laughs) yeah a couple of those have some have some abilities and moves that are pretty annoying especially if you're not as quick on like you know dodging out of the way when mole knight like leaps through the wall towards you and things like that no definitely not and to our point about handhelds i did play this on the 3ds uh it has been a very long time since i played a (laughs) a game like a game that required me to be quick in this way especially like on a handheld on the little screens uh and that was i think a big learning curve for me also and i think like it was fine like i that is not an excuse i sucked at this game because i suck at these games but like um i do think it's it would have been easier if i had played it on like a bigger screen on with either like a a full controller or like a keyboard and mouse yeah that's fair and i think especially if you know the reason i had pitched you on the 3ds was because Mm -hmm. of like some of the differences in the art and if you were having a hard time focusing on it anyway (laughs) <laughs> then yeah, it might have been a better experience for you to have played it elsewhere, even that, like on the Switch yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that was my last note. Is I I played it on the 3DS to do the 3D, and I really did like the 3D. Like I think the thing you called out of they use the 3D kind of to highlight the different levels of the 2D environment, um, where the the stage you're on sort of pops out, and then all of the background stuff is further in the back. Um, it is really cool. However. Um, A, I'm so bad at this game that any visual difference or complication, like I needed to be as clean and simple as possible. (laughs) Otherwise, it sort of like overloads my brain. And second, like my 3DS is also 
12 years old and I got a vibe from the 3D that like there was like glare kind of in different parts and it was kind of shifty gotcha. and I was like this my machine may not be uh quite <laughs> factory. So I mostly I mostly played with the 3D off. I turned it yeah. back on when I was like in the town or like um just trying to like run through a level because I accidentally destroyed one of the fucking fire explodey thing, like respawn things and had to run extra far back. <laughs> um, and I just was replaying something I had done 50 times or whatever the case is, I would turn it on. But uh, in the end, I was just trying to survive. That's the other thing is like, I can pay attention to that kind of stuff when someone else is playing. And when I'm playing, I'm like, I am just in survival mode. Um, so so yeah, I think it was interesting, but uh, the 3D again, if hurt I was my eyes. This, yeah, you don't like three D stuff generally though. No, but I don't I tried it on the three DS and it like it made it hard to like look at the screen for me. Mm. I'm not sure why. Um maybe I, do, I think partly it's such a small screen and just like I don't know, it was really weird to me. Yeah. Cozy, do you have any other thoughts? Because you played this game a little bit too. Yeah, um, I play more platformers generally, Tim, yeah, than yeah. you do. Um, I play a lot of them on the iPad, actually. Um, like the Rayman series on the iPad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Platformers. And I think the ones I gravitate toward are more like there's like a hundred little glowy orbs you have to like collect <laughs> on a level or something, or you have to like, there's like a. Like, certain things you have to, like, collect along the level, but a lot of them, like, the side-scrollers, like, you never stop moving. It's a lot about, like, just kind of, like, nailing the timing, and I think I find something really, like, relaxing about that, like, style of game when I'm in a specific, like, mood to play that kind of a game. Um, in the same, like, it, it scratches the same itch that, like, Guitar Hero does, where it's, like, just about, like, getting the timing right on a thing. That's, like, what I really like in platformers. And this one felt like the opposite of that, <laughs> where it felt like it was just like impossible. I felt like I couldn't predict the like enemies enough to like nail the timing. And I think that was the thing that like I struggled with on that boss that Tim and I spent two hours trying to beat was I was like, I can't like, I feel like I understand what he's going to do, but he's like doing it in an unpredictable way. So even if I know what I'm supposed to do, I, like, can't, I just can't do it because he, like, keeps changing slightly how far he'll jump or, like, just, like, makes it a tiny bit, like, imp- um, unpredictable. So it made it, like, way more, like, frustrating where it's, like, I want when I figure out the timing and I've nailed the level, I want to be able to beat it. And I felt like on this game I, I couldn't beat it even when I felt like I had it figured out. So then I was, like, bored. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, they they all kind of have their own, like, patterns. But, yeah, they do change it up a bit. And so... I can see how that would be Although frustrating. I, I was really sad. Like, it was a really... I was very excited when I beat... Finally beat the... what? Which one did King I beat? Knight. King, King Knight. Knight. Yeah, like, I was very... Uh, that was a really good feeling. Um, but then I was like, I can't imagine doing this ten more times. <laughs> <laughs> and this was level one. Like, what's level two going to be? Or this was, like, boss number one. So, like, what's boss number two going to be like? Or boss number ten. <laughs> yeah, or or any of the optional mini bosses that you probably didn't fight along the way either. I right. tried a few. I yeah. tried a few, but I was like, I don't, I, I don't have, you know, we record this every two weeks, and I was like, I, I need to <laughs> at least, I need to give 
this game like a real true shot. Uh, and if that is the case, I need to focus on the bosses that get me to the end yeah. rather than that. The other thing is, like, I also died so often. And every time you die, you lose, what is it, 25% of your gold. Yeah. And you can get it back if you, like, jump to the thing. But there were a not insignificant number of times I died on the way back to my gold or it was I died somewhere that was unreachable or etc. Um so I had so little gold. I could buy so few of the upgrades from the town um, that I also, like, when I watched these playthroughs, I was so much weaker. I had so much worse armor and so much stuff. I was just like, oh, God. Like, I feel like this experience would be so different if I was, like, not even that much better. Just, like, like I don't think you have to be, like, a virtuoso to play this game. I, I just suck so badly. Um and can feel that I suck so badly that it makes it it just, it was difficult to to play through. Yeah, the upgrades are definitely uh, they definitely make it easier if you get some of like the the extra hearts and extra magic and the better armor from like being able to purchase it if you make it out of a level with enough gold. That is one of the nice parts about like the side bosses that pop up on your map. Yeah, is that like you know chances are if you lose to one you'll just get your money back because it'll be all in that one stage and then when <laughs> you kill them they usually give like 3500 gold or whatever it is so yeah um but yeah if you if you aren't making it out of a stage with a lot of currency uh that would make it more difficult to <laughs> not being able to buy those upgrades yeah especially because bit. like you can't like bank it in any way so then you'll no. just do the next level and you'll still end that level with little currency so yeah yeah and so that it felt like a like a cycle where i was like i did so badly at the first couple of levels that this whole game is gonna incrementally get harder and harder and harder even as i do worse and worse and worse and i'm just like oh no <laughs> uh so yeah so i opted to watch someone else just plow their way through it and, and i, think I don't he... think there's anything wrong with that i think yeah. you know i think some games are better experienced for some people by watching someone play through them there's plenty of games that i find more enjoyment out of watching someone you know i used to watch game grumps a ton or just you know whoever doing a long play on youtube or on like a series of twitch streams that i would much rather watch someone play it than me actually go and play through it just because it's not you know i'd rather be doing something else while watching it at the same time or mm -hmm. or i just don't actually want to play whatever the game it is but i'm interested to see what happens in it yeah well cool i think that's that's the big stuff that i wanted to talk about with shovel knight sure um yeah i don't think i have anything else that i wanted to talk about with it either you pretty much covered just about everything so i guess all that's left is uh, i'm curious to hear what your final verdict is tim so i hate platformers um and I knew that going in. You also knew that. Hence sure my did. apprehension going into this. Uh, this past week, Cozy and Kyle on uh, twitch.tv slash hard sell show streamed It Takes Two. Streamed like, um, what, an hour and a half? 
two hours yeah. of that game or something like that, Cozy. Um, another platformer, a cooperative platformer. Uh, I've learned the genre has moved and advanced in some way since um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game. Um, Slightly. Just a tad. It also, there's some weird stuff in that game. But regardless, this is not what this game is about. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed watching that. I think not just because Cozy and Kyle... Um, we're playing it and are entertaining. It was entertaining to watch them uh, play this game. But, like, I think I like the idea of platformers a lot. And, like, watching that was a lot of fun. And watching Red Panda Gamer play through Shovel Knight was a lot of fun. Um, and so I think, like, I am sold on the, on Shovel Knight as a game. Like, all of the objective stuff around the design and around the aesthetic... I really liked the story. I really liked, like, I think it, it sets out with like a very clear, obvious goal. And I think it, in my opinion, like unilaterally succeeds at that goal. Um, and it was fun to watch someone play it. And I think it was really good. However, you didn't pitch me watching Shovel Knight. You pitched me playing Shovel Knight and I you sure cursed did. me to 10 hours of <laughs> true misery <laughs> Um, with, uh, it, it wasn't really 10 hours of true misery, but like, um, only nine, I, I, in the same way that I am sold on like being interested in platformers as a genre, I am fully sold on my inability to play them. Um, and, and lack of patience in like, there's a world where I just beat my head against this and beat Shovel Knight in, 20 hours or whatever and then the next platformer i try to play i'm probably significantly better at it than if i didn't do that um but i'm sold on i would rather spend seven hours watching someone play a platformer than 20 hours playing it myself <laughs> so ultimately i'm a gnaw on playing shovel knight even though i really like the game and like really like um, the experience. If you had pitched me watching you play Shovel Knight, I almost <laughs> certainly would be a yacht. But uh, gotcha. I, I, when I only finish like half of the game in like double the time it takes most people to beat it, uh, it's hard to yacht at that point. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind for when I pitch you, uh, like I don't know, Mega Man X or something. <laughs> I will pitch you watching me play through it instead. I'm sure that'll make for good content. There, there you go. I mean, <laughs> real time, that might make for better content. But it would certainly make for better content than for me in a hotel room in Sacramento, just getting more and more frustrated in my underwear, trying to beat King Knight over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it would be better for you at the very least. That's true. All right, so essentially a yaw for some, definitely a naw for Tim. Yeah, ultimately, like, a yaw on Shovel Knight as a game, for me, a naw. For me, a solid naw, uh, even as I recognize the quality. And I have to imagine probably the same for you, Cozy. Um, yeah. Were you to give it a yaw or a naw? I think I'm a naw on Shovel Knight. I think it's just too hard. I don't particularly like like the fighting like level type thing like I liked the platformer part of Shovel Knight more than trying to like beat these bosses so I feel like that would be a maybe a sticking point for me at some point in the game yeah um but the I thought the like platformy levels were kind of interesting there were some like weird 
uh like it there were some like hidden things to kind of find i played one level so like take that with a grain of salt but there was like a door shaped like my like shovel knight guy and i could stand next to it and go in like a secret room like it was kind of fun to discover those things i thought that was cool um i just yeah probably enough for me personally on shovel knight yeah yeah there is a theme of exploring and finding all the little secret stuff in every stage that kind of keeps throughout but um well, all right. I will. Uh, I'll keep all that in mind the next time I inevitably pitch you another two D platformer to play through. And uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm glad you at least liked watching it on YouTube. <laughs> I did. Yes. So, all right. I think uh, all that's left is to hop into Cozy's thing. Wait, we don't end. <laughs> we don't end the segment saying that. Usually doing? there's a little sound cue and then we open the middle <laughs> segment. <laughs> Alright, well, cue Cozy's sound cue. <laughs> cue Cozy's sound cue. That is the cue. You do the cue. You're the, but it's fine. <laughs> this is all still in the podcast. Perfect. It should be. All right, uh, now I think it's time to jump into the middle segment with Cozy. So, Cozy, what do you got for us today? Uh, yeah, I have a, another uh, edition of Getting to Know the Hosts. Um, we've done this one once before where uh, Tim and Kyle told us about their TV show watching preferences, um, but I thought it would be fun to do it, Cody, with you on the podcast and kind of get a general overview of, like, what types of media you guys tend to like and not like, um, or, like, your favorite and least favorite genres of different medias. Um, I think we've gotten some of this over time as you guys have pitched things or reviewed things. You'll talk about it a little, but I thought it might be fun to kind of, like, go through it all at once and kind of, like, see what... Um, what types of things you guys tend to like and not like and uh, so just to give people more context as you're reviewing uh, games and shows and books and such sounds good i'm down let's do it okay and i did send these ahead of time so you guys prepared answers for them hopefully uh definitely totally (laughs) The first question is just kind of an overall question of like what media is your favorite or do you like consume the most of for example like between like video games movies books podcast tv shows or something else um those are the ones we mostly have talked about on the podcast uh so is there a what's your like favorite media type um i think for me it would be just generally speaking, video games, I think, are what I more often reach for. Um, I think each different kind of media type has their own place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like if, you know, I think podcasts certainly serve a purpose for me. Like if I'm doing something else that's like a kind of mindless task that like I think podcasts are perfect for. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as what I would personally go for most often... It would probably fall down to video games and uh, watching things on YouTube. Okay. Uh, Like particular channels that I enjoy watching when they post new videos. Like um, there's a tech channel, Linus Tech Tips, that I watch their videos usually. There's a couple of guys who focus more on like video games or just kind of like random retro content uh, like Brutal Moose or LGR. 
And so that's those are probably my two most consumed medias. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I think video games is definitely my most consumed media if you factor in football manager. Um, <laughs> if not, it's probably podcasts. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm like almost always, if I'm not doing like focused work or talking to someone, I'm probably listening to a podcast. Um, similar to Cody, like I don't know that those are my favorite necessary like i would never say podcasts are my favorite medium it just depends on like what i want like i think movies and tv shows are like the quote-unquote best medium are the things where i've like mm-hmm. most seen a thing and been like that was great or that was yeah. like a spectacular thing more so than like video games other than outer wilds obviously <laughs> um but like my the thing that like cody said like the thing i reach to most is probably like a video game or a podcast nice um i think for yours me, is podcast presumably right i don't i think i actually watch uh, more tv shows than i listen yeah. to podcasts i'm kind of like cody where like i will put on a podcast while i'm like doing something else um so i do tend to listen to a lot of podcasts but like especially like uh recently i think in like my if i want to like do something it's not usually a podcast it's like watch a tv show and i think historically that's been the thing i kind of like keep up on the new tv shows and stuff um and i tend to do tv shows more than like movies too i really like tv series generally um what about you guys least consumed what do you uh what do you watch listen to or whatever the least uh, I'll go here. It's easily movies. Um, that's a lie. It's easily books. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, th- I thought about movies for a second. Um, and I don't watch a lot of movies. I love movies. And for some reason, I just don't really watch them. Like, I like almost every movie I watch. Even the movies I don't really like, I almost always, like, enjoyed the experience of watching them. Mm-hmm. Um I just don't watch them all that much. But books, truthfully, I used to read all the time. I used to read, like, voraciously and constantly in, like, middle school, really through high school. Uh, And I, like, don't read anymore. I read very occasionally. um, We'll get to types of books later. But, like, uh, truthfully have become... uh, I'm one with the metaverse. Ugh, I just threw up in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, it's also books for me. Uh, and yeah, it's not because I don't like to read. Like if there's a book that I really enjoy, again, like you said, we'll get to, I think in a later question about books. Um, I am totally down to read a good book. I just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't come up for me very often. And I don't, I don't usually seek it out because I have enough to do elsewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I just don't end up reading books very much at all. Yeah, yeah I'm the same even... way with books. I think books is my least uh, consumed also. Tim, what were you going to say? I was going to say, even when I quote-unquote consume a book, it often is yeah, as an audio You're book. You're physically which is eating more of a, Yes, yeah. I eat, <laughs> I, it's my breakfast most days. Um, uh, no, it's often an audio book, which is more of a podcast than a book. Mm-hmm. I think I... I, like, don't really hear about books as much as I hear about, like, the other types of media. So I think then, like, to be, like, if I'm hearing about something on Twitter all the time, like, I'm going to check it out. And it's usually not 
books I'm like hearing about on Twitter, which is probably more about like who I follow and stuff, but still. Um, so I think I, it just is never like top of mind of like things to do in my free time. But like Cody, like when I have a good book, I'll like sit down and read it. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of the books that I feel like I ever hear about are like end up being, you know, some memoir from a political figure or something like that. And it's just I have no interest right, in things like that. And that is all I feel like I ever hear. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or like there are some like comic books or something that someone I know or follow has written. And that is something I'd be interested in. But yeah, sure. All right. Um, so going into like specific uh, types of media in terms of like video games, what are you guys' favorite and least favorite like genres or types of video games to play? <laughs> so as far as video games go, I feel like this is the one where I don't really have a most or a least favorite necessarily. Okay. Um, I pretty much just enjoy good games and will play them no matter what their genre is, whether it's like a platformer, 2D or 3D, a shooter, like some sort of mystery puzzle solving game, a sports game. Um, yeah, I just, I enjoy when companies do something that's kind of fresh or creative or executing something in a game that was like done, that they just did really well, even though it's not necessarily like concrete or groundbreaking. If I had to pick a least favorite it would probably be like i don't know visual novels really but i but even then like there's one that i'm playing through right now uh that i really like so it's okay. just it's not I, th- I think it's least favorite in the sense of like it's if not i'm searching to. for a game to play that will uh-huh. be like the bottom of the list of like what i'm searching for on the steam library or the mm-hmm. eShop. uh but if one is good, like I said before, like I'm perfectly happy to play it and give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I that's true for my favorite games, too. Like, I don't have a favorite genre in general. The video games I like are video games that give you an experience you can't get through other media like mm-hmm. uh, football manager. I joke about it, but like I can't get the experience of football manager anywhere else and like it's that's we talked about that in the outer wilds episode of like you can't tell that story in that way uh through any other media really um and so genre doesn't matter that much but those are the types of games i really like that like open up a new kind of experience um least favorite 2d platformers obviously of course Um, (laughs) classic uh, definitely up there but also the the other thing actually is roguelikes i don't yeah. like roguelikes the kind of slay the spire type games where you do runs over and over again of of the same kind of thing and like work on builds but don't really like you know you don't hold progress much from run to run or whatever um n- no like specific thing they don't like super frustrate me or anything they just don't really like hold my attention i just go through a run like three or four times and whether I beat it or not. Um, that's part of why I liked Hades so much is because like it kept me wanting to play um, longer than the vast majority of roguelikes, but almost every other one I I just don't, I just can't stick with beyond like an hour and a half. Nice. Um. Yeah, I think, uh, I think for any of these things, it's like if there's one that everyone's talking about, even if it's not my like favorite genre, I'll like check it out. But um. 
for video games, I think I gravitate to like puzzle adventure games. Um, like there haven't been like a lot of them that have like stuck out to me, but like I mean the Myth series from the '90s, I really enjoyed that mm. like style of game. Um, there have been like a handful that have come out since then that are like similar. I think TikTok, A Tale for Two, uh, Tim that. I had you and Kyle mm-hmm. stream. I like that kind of a game. I really love. Um, so those are kind of like my fa- very favorite um, when they when. But I feel like they're not a super common genre that comes out very often because they're hard to do well. Um, I think my least favorite are like shooters or yeah. like anything that has more than like a handful of buttons you have to remember like if there's a whole keyboard of things i have to keep track of uh i'm gonna struggle you just said you were playing final fantasy 14 <laughs> well i only use three of the things yeah, i have, have three buttons. Yeah. Uh-huh. i don't know what the other ones do and i'm probably not gonna figure it out so Great. i'm sure Perfect. that won't be bad in the future definitely not <laughs> certainly not um yeah Okay, what about for podcasts? What are your favorite podcast genres or least favorite types of podcasts? Okay, I'll go here because I have an obvious least favorite. Least favorite business podcast. (laughs) Um, This is is not a joke. So I work in public relations and I will have you know every company has a podcast and every discipline in the world has – hundreds of podcasts and every sub discipline has dozens of podcasts and they're all unlistenable um (laughs) employers and clients don't listen to this i think uh i there is nothing i want less than to like listen to a business podcast in my spare time and i have plenty of people i respect and admire in my field who swear by listening to podcasts for business and i cannot imagine something i would let less want to do with my time um so that's my easy least my favorite so define favorite the word um define favorite i yeah the one you like most enjoy like listening i know this is a bad question because it probably depends on your mood like there are factors where like i may like really specific types of podcasts like i love documentary podcasts um like where it's like one season focused on a topic and they like uh go through kind of like reporter style on that topic but reporter style i don't know like I mean, Serial was the first one. Yeah. And then everything copied Serial. The first cereal. popular one, at least. No, no, no. Yeah. That Serial, the concept of Serial, the reason it's called Serial is because it was the first podcast that took one topic and explored sure. it over a series of episodes. Like, that was the, the I mean, whole... there's hundreds of podcasts that, like, three idiots can start in their basement, like, reviewing right. random media. <laughs> so, like, there probably was some podcast, but... I mean, maybe, but... Yeah, it was at least the first big one, and it was, like... Not none of the popular ones were kind of doing that. So anyway, that that style I'm always that's my favorite, but I'm not always in the mood for that. Like sometimes I want like a comedy podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What's your comedy least? would definitely be my favorite kind. Uh, hmm. That is almost entirely what I listen listen to for podcasts. Uh, I mean. You know, we've talked a lot, I think, before, or have at least mentioned a lot, like, hey, Riddle Riddle, or... Yeah. Um, 
you know, different podcasts like that that I can just put on. I don't have to try to listen to the story or anything like that because uh, I don't want to have to focus on it and I don't want to have to care if I miss, like, bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, I listened to the first season of Serial and I really liked it, but it felt like something where I needed to focus. And if I'm going to listen to a podcast, that's not what I want to do in that moment, usually. Sure. Mm. So okay, is that so... your least favorite then, Cody? Uh, my least favorite is, I think, just everything else kind of collectively combined. <laughs> <laughs> Only comedy podcast. So uh, our podcast included would be a least favorite uh, type. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right. <laughs> getting the hot takes in my segment too today i guess <laughs> wow <laughs> every other podcast is least i think so i talked about my least which is obviously business um my favorite so the one i enjoy listening to the most are like comedy podcasts and i'm including like not another D podcast in there or like personality driven podcasts like i really like waypoint radio Sure. That fills the same sort of niche as a comedy podcast for me. Like the emotion that I get is similar to Hey Riddle Riddle of like I'm listening just sort of like to be entertained. Um, and I think those are the ones I like enjoy the most. However, if favorite is like most essential, like the one that I spend the most time listening, maybe not the most time, but like listen to the most of these and – uh, Maybe like, like need the most, the most or appreciate or the most are sports podcasts because yeah. I don't get sports news anywhere else really anymore. Like tw- it's Twitter and podcasts. And I think like, mm-hmm. um, except for Arsenal and then it's Twitter, Reddit, uh, subreddit, separate message board threads, <laughs> uh, lots of, lots of everything. But like, I've always been a sports fan and I used to, uh, Go to ESPN.com and SportsIllustrated.com and read every article every day. And I used to follow, go to MLB.com and NHL.com and NFL.com and consume all of this content. And podcasts have like taken that over in my life in a way that is way easier for me to consume while I'm doing other things or whatever the case is. And like if I didn't have that, I would have to just like stop following things that i care about so like that's Mm -hmm. that's the thing that i like appreciate the most nice um and then i think i talked about my favorite being like documentary style podcasts um my least favorite are celebrity interview podcasts um (laughs) there's too many of them very rarely is there are they interesting to me (laughs) i also can never remember i'm bad at celebrities so like I can't remember who's in what or whatever. So, like, that partially is why, like, uh, the, like, personalities of celebrities is not, like, interesting to me usually. But even if I, like, see the occasional one of, like, people I recognize, I'm just like, meh, that's not for me. Yeah. Yeah, and see, you two have mentioned these two podcast genres that I have just literally never even listened to. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm not missing out. <laughs> I will say, if you've got to pick one, listen to celebrity interviews over business. That I forgot business was even like a type of podcast. But so yeah, they're many pretty, business there's podcasts. Art, like podcasts, like architecture podcasts, other than like 
99% Invisible, which is more like a design general podcast. Like, they're all yeah. not good. <laughs> I guarantee you that some people have listened to Hard Sell think it was a business podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we delighted them with our... Uh... <laughs> Rest our, assured, our worst episode has been better than every yeah. business podcast. Yeah, I'm sure we were a delightful surprise if what you're expecting is a business podcast. Yeah, I sure hope so. Okay, what are your guys' favorite and least favorite TV show genres? Um, I'll rapid fire these quickly. I don't really have a favorite TV show, or or I guess I won't rapid fire this because I don't really have an answer. I don't have a favorite or least favorite TV show genre. When I was thinking about this ahead of time, like... Uh, there are sitcoms I really like, dramas I really like, animated shows I really like, documentaries that I really like. Like, I have enjoyed TV shows from every medium, and I don't, I don't watch a ton of TV shows. TV is not the thing I like go to when I'm trying to like wind down. That's usually like social media or like uh, a video game or a podcast. So like. Of the TV shows I've watched, they've been, like, a pretty wide variety of genres. And I, I can't think of, like, a genre I hate. Even, like, reality shows, I like some of them. Competition shows, I like some of them. I think I'm least likely to like a given reality show or, like, competition show, probably. Uh, but I don't have, like, any I gravitate, especially to or away from. Yeah, I think I... There are some that I like and dislike a little bit more. Uh, for me, sitcoms, I think, are what I... That is what kind of Kale and I use as our wind-down type of show. Uh, we end up re-watching a couple different sitcoms, whether it's like Friends, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, New Girl. Um, that is what I would typically gravitate towards. I also really enjoy uh, animated shows that are probably meant for children. Uh, like... Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, uh, Last Airbender. There's a Netflix show called Hilda. Um, those would probably be what the kind of my two favorite genres in general for what I would reach for for a show. Just more things that are kind of like lighthearted mm -hmm. more than anything. And uh, going along with that, my dislike would be dramas, especially ones that are like, over the top, like Kayla watches some medical dramas oh, that sure. I just, I just, <laughs> I can't. Every episode, everything is a crisis, and everyone is crying, and I just can't do it. Medical it's drama is me. its own separate drama, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess more specifically, medical drama. I think more than anything. But there is like there are like like Pretty Little Liars is like a yeah like a soap opera drama like they all kind of have that there's some that have that vibe that's definitely like a little bit much yeah um I think my favorite is like a dramatic like thriller um just like a mist either like there's a mystery or like thrillers some of them don't have like mystery is like dark which I bonus pitched on this podcast or like uh sharp objects is another one i know i've talked about before if it's also a mini series it's like a bonus <laughs> um and then my least favorite is like adult cartoon comedies i guess uh like i don't know, like family guy and stuff I have never really like done Bojack it for me Horseman. yeah i didn't watch i've probably not watched either of those but like you everything like i it. see of it i don't think would be for me <laughs> Yeah, and see, that's that. 
that genre is pretty hit or miss for me. Like, mm-hmm. Futurama is one of my favorite shows just in general. But a number of those other shows, like BoJack Horseman and things like that, I just couldn't get into. Or even, like, some of the comedies that everyone, like, loves. Um, I've bounced off of a little, like, 30 Rock was not my favorite, or, like, Arrested Development. Like, I could appreciate them for, like, what they were trying to do, but I feel like I just, like, they weren't my favorite thing to watch. So I think generally, like, comedies aren't my um, preferred genre. Okay, uh, I have two more. We can run through these fast, but favorite and least favorite movie genre? Uh, yeah, I think movies are, unlike TV shows, are where I'm happier with, like, suspense and drama. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer it more in, like, a short burst of a single movie as opposed to, like, continuous TV shows. Mm-hmm. But I also like action movies or comedy movies, sci-fi stuff, an- like, pretty much all animated films. Um, but my least favorite is absolutely horror films they are so (laughs) not for me in any way and i am totally fine with that yeah we should stream us watching a horror movie because i also don't watch it but i think it'd be really (laughs) funny all right new stream idea this october me and cody shit ourselves on twitch oh i just looked our twitch account got deleted (laughs) oh no how did that happen (laughs) and it's banned for life we can no longer make a twitch (laughs) channel associated with this podcast (laughs) shoot uh i also i i'm okay with like horror i just like never really i it doesn't scare me as much as i think some people like it doesn't like freak me out that much but i just like I feel like it's never the most interesting thing to watch, so I don't tend to, like, pick them up. Um, and then I I think my movie taste pretty much follows my TV show taste, where I tend to not like comedy movies, and I tend to like dramas. Uh, I would echo that, actually. I love dramas. We've talked about it. I love, like, Oscar movie-style dramas, very character-driven dramas, generally, um, and really do not like comedies. I the last comedy movie that I remember enjoying was probably Hot Rod. Nice, um, and solid I, choice. It's a great movie. I still stand by that. <laughs> but other than that, like I truly like don't find comedy movies interesting. Even the ones that I have parts that are funny, I find myself like bored and disinterested partway through. Uh, so that's definitely my least favorite. I would rather watch a horror movie than a comedy for sure. <laughs> All right, final question. I would not, but uh, <laughs> I, I, there are definitely a lot of those comedy movies that would, uh, they're not really for me, at least not anymore. They're probably things yeah. that I liked when I was in like middle school, high school, but it's just, yeah, I don't find most of them really very funny anymore, except for like Hot Rod and classics like that. Yeah, <laughs> a super brief hot take. I know this is, has gone long already, but that's what we do on Hard Cell. Um, the jackass jackass just came out of the movie yep um movies are a terrible medium for jackass uh jackass should be a tiktok account all jackass should be (laughs) is that movie cut into like 45 second clips like that is what i want from that movie it's just like little bursts non-sequentially through the day is a like i'm not above dumb humor but like i don't want to sit and just watch it for two hours like 
Yeah. Give it to me on TikTok. I'm not buying a ticket to go to a movie theater to see this. <laughs> That's all. That's just my little jackass rant. <laughs> all right. Final question. What are your, I know we all have said we don't really read a lot of books, but what are your favorite and least favorite book genres? Um, if I read books, they're almost always fiction, um, typically sci-fi or fantasy. So like, there's a series by John Scalzi that starts with Old Man's War um, that I loved, um, or like The Hitchhiker's Guide, or The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Um, but one of my favorite weird books that doesn't follow that pattern is a book called The Wow Diary that was basically a dev journal for World of Warcraft from like when it was started up until its release um, that I found really interesting. Uh but yeah, like we said, I just don't end up reading books very often. Um, so I guess my least favorite, I can't even think of if I've read one, maybe like a romance novel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I guess I just have absolutely no interest in them. Yeah. Same. Like I would have an interest in reading other books if they were good. I just, you know, doesn't come up very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um my favorite, so when I was growing up, I read a lot of, like, classic lit books and really loved them. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's still true, but broadly speaking, my favorite book genre now is, like, nonfiction. Like, I read a lot of, like, um, history books and, like, v- vaguely, like, philosophy or, like, sociology books. Um, I will occasionally tactics. read, like... Yeah, I am currently reading a soccer tactics book to be better at football manager. Um, uh, yeah, so like nonfiction of, of lots of different kinds, broadly usually like about history of some kind. I'm I'm entering my like uh, old man phase, so I'm I'm assuming this will eventually transition to like World War II history because every uh, like forty <laughs> to sixty year old dad loves reading about World War II. So I'm I'm assuming I'm just sort of started my descent into that. Um, That's my favorite. My least favorite are comedy biographies. Um, (laughs) Comedy biographies have the same energy as business podcasts. And I won't explain why. I can't explain why. (laughs) They just have the same... It's the same vibe to read like Trevor Noah's biography as it is to listen to a business podcast and i can't now there is an exception kind of i just read the champ and the chump which is a podcast by a uh arsenal it's a podcaster it's a book sorry <laughs> I, I listened to it as an audiobook so i was thinking about it as a podcast and it's by a podcaster i really like but that's not really a biography it's like a written version of a one-man show that he did of the same name um so i liked that one but in general comedy biographies are just like the it's the thing I want to like because I love comedians and I love stand-up comedy, uh, but God, they almost all suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, my favorite are like fiction thrillers. Um, I guess I'm now sensing a theme on like a lot of the fiction I like. <laughs> um, but like you're like Jillian Flynn, like Gone Girl type uh, books. I love those. And then my least favorite are, like, romance for sure, uh, like Cody, or, like, historical fiction. Uh, Neither of those genres have ever really uh, Mm. been my favorite. 
I guess also my least favorite are like deeply racist right wing things like Mein Kampf, things like that. It's interesting that neither of you said that those were your <laughs> least favorite. But wow. I also really don't like those. In case anyone was wondering. I mean, <laughs> I guess I gotcha. now I have to say out loud on the podcast that for any of the the media we talked about any kind of like racist or like, uh, you know, any of the ists would be not my favorite for any of the things. Mm. Well, I got in there first, so. You sure did. I'm going to stick with romance being my least favorite. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, thanks for playing. Uh, I'm my mini segment, not a game. So I'm not sure why I said thanks for playing. But uh, now our listeners know a bit more about what kinds of media we like. Nice. Thanks, Cozy. All right. And now I think it's time into. Uh, Oh, okay. I'm going to take time this in. again. <laughs> <laughs> now I think it's time to jump into uh, Tim's pitch for me. Tim, I tortured you the past two weeks with Shovel Knight, uh, forcing you to play that. So what do you have for me this week? Yes. In the future, get ready for a horror movie. But today, I don't have a torture for you. Hopefully. We'll find out. Oh, good. Um, so we've talked a lot about genres of things. Um and you made a spurious claim that no good new games are available on mobile. Um, I am going to challenge your impressions of genre and challenge your lies in favor of dumb portable systems that are not the best way to play video games. Um, Cody, have you ever played an FMV game? Uh, it's been a while since I've played one, uh, but I have played them before. What have you played in the FMV genre? Oh boy, it is okay been for so the people long. who don't know what is an yes. FMV. Yeah, an FMV genre generally is like uh, they're uh, I can't remember what it stands for. It's basically video games that are built around actual film. So like they get actors into a room and they film them speaking lines like a TV show or a like think of a interactive TV show or movie, but like a step further, like a step further into video games i guess have you, you so you have played some of one of these before at some yes point. uh boy i'm trying to think uh wasn't well dragon's lair was like the it was I like the original, original one was like and you I put into I, a dvd yes and so I, I think i remember trying that at one point just to see sure. i i know i have played at least one or two. I just can't think off the top of my head which ones they were. Okay, so here's a question. There's a game that came out in 2015 called Her Story. Have you ever played it? Oh, I, I have not. just going to ask awesome. if that was one of these type of games. It is, and okay. it's what I am pitching you today. Um, Her Story is an FMV game where you play a narrator... Um, the game opens up and the player is presented with a very sort of like old like Windows 95 looking desktop on which there are a number of different files and programs. Uh, some of the files are like text files that basically explain the mechanics of the game. Uh, and then one of the main programs is a video database where you can search for video clips. 
Um, the video clips are all uh, cut from police interviews of a woman named Hannah uh, being interviewed by the police. There are seven different police interviews that have been cut into 271 different clips. <laughs> Uh, and your job, it's not super clear exactly what your job is, but over the course of the game, you use different keywords that Hannah says. So Hannah will say, like, uh, basically Hannah's husband has gone missing. And so the police, she is reporting the missing to the police and the, the police are interviewing her. They've done seven different interviews over time. Um, and you are they've been cut into a bunch of different clips some as short as a couple seconds some as long as a few minutes um and it is it's all recorded it's all literal video interviews with an actress named viva sefer or sefere or seifert probably seifert now that i'm uh, thinking about it (laughs) um uh and it's great. It's super interesting. You're, you're kind of uncovering a mystery. You're trying to figure out what has happened or what is happening. And so Hannah, over the course of the game, will say something like, yeah, uh, he he was stressed about work, but like Bertrand didn't. Uh, I'm making this up. This is not a, a thing that happened. So I don't give you any hints. But like, uh, so Bertrand uh, gave him the night off. And then you can search like Bertrand. And then all of the clips will pop up where she says Bertrand. And then you can watch all of those clips, and that will probably give you new ideas of different keywords or things like that to search. And the course of the game basically is just like trying to uncover the clips to try to get an inkling of like what has happened and what, uh, you know, you'll figure out what you're trying to solve by the time you're playing through the game. But I think it's super interesting. It's very unlike basically any other game that I've played is created by Sam Barlow, who's gone on to found his own studio. He works on a bunch of the Silent Hill games. This is not a horror game. Um, (laughs) There are parts of it that are a little creepy, but it's not a horror game. Um, But it's super, super interesting. And I think it's so different from other things, but it's really well done and it's worth uh, giving it a shot. I also love this game. Cozy loves this game, yeah. It's uh, it's a really good time, and it's the like mechanic of like searching words to get the videos is uh really entertaining to me. Just trying to like come up with words and like figure out what to search and like it. I like that a lot. It's really cool. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I I had actually heard of this game before from um. There's a a different podcast called The Besties where they talk about video games that's yeah. been going for like ten years, and one of the guys on the podcast, Justin. McElroy, who some podcast listeners may have heard of before. But probably not. No, certainly not. Uh, he has a very loudly proclaimed love of FMV games, and I remember yeah. him talking about this game around the time it came out, and I just mm-hmm. never got around to playing it. Uh, but it sounds really interesting, and I'm excited to give it a shot. Yeah, it's great. It's not super long. I played it on PC. It is available on mobile, on iOS and Android. Um I have not played it on either of those, but I would imagine just based on what the game is that it probably ports to that pretty well. There's not a lot of like, you know, there's nothing you're trying to do like fast or like that needs to take up the whole screen or anything like that. It is, there's a space for like notes. I mean, you get like a little desktop, right? So you can like leave notes of different words you might want to search in the future or like whatever. You might miss that if you play on mobile, but it is possible technically, Uh, but I played it on PC. 
there's something about the immersiveness of this type of game that since you're given like a desktop yeah. that feels good to play on a, a computer. That's, I, yeah, that I makes think. sense. Well, so, cool. yeah. I'm uh I'm excited to check it out. It sounds uh pretty good and I'll be interested to chat about it with you once I'm done. Yeah, it'll be a different one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hard Cell. Uh, remember to drop us a rating and review wherever you find your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Hard Cell Show. Uh, you can send us an email at hardcellshow at gmail.com. Uh, we sometimes stream on Twitch at Hard Cell Show. Uh, Cozy and Kyle recently did a stream of It Takes Two, and uh, they will possibly be doing more streaming of that in the future, so make sure to keep your eye out on our Twitter account. Uh, for when the Twitch streams will go live. And until next time, we'll catch you on the floopity flop. Catch you on the floopity flop.